turn to 1 Samuel chapter 10, and 1 Samuel chapter 10, and I appreciate the song that they just sung, and I'm grateful for what the cross did in my life, how it changed my direction, where I was headed, living above a bar in a drunkard's home, thank God for Calvary, hallelujah, and I'm very grateful for that this morning. And I'm honored to be able to be here and preach this, uh, this day. And uh, I believe one of the reasons why God has met with us today is because we want to honor our pastor. And we don't worship him. We, we know that. But there's nothing wrong with honoring the man of God. Amen? And uh, I believe that. And so First uh, Samuel chapter 10, I'm just going to read the first, I guess, 10 or 12 verses. And then I want to go to chapter 9 and read a verse there and just give you my thought. And uh, praise God, the bowl of cereal is gone, so I'm ready to eat. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible said in 1 Samuel chapter 10, Then Samuel took a vial of oil, and he poured it upon his head, and he kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? When thou art departed from me today, then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulcher in the border of Benjamin at Zelzah, and they will say unto thee, The asses which thou wentest to seek are found, and lo, thy father hath left the care of the asses and sorrowed for you, saying, What shall I do for my son? Then thou shalt go on forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor. There shall meet thee there are three men going up to God to Bethel, one carrying three kids, and another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a bottle of wine. They will salute thee, and give thee two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive of their hand. After that thou shalt come to the hill of God, where is the garrison of the Philistines, and it shall come to pass, when thou art come thither to the city, that thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place, with a psaltery and a tabret and a pipe and a harp, before them they shall prophesy. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. Thou shalt be with them. Thou shalt be turned into another man. Let it be when these signs are come unto thee, that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. I think I'll stop reading there. Go back to chapter 9 and verse 16. Chapter 9, or verse 6, excuse me. The Bible said, And he said unto him, This is my thought this morning, Behold, now there is in this city a man of God. I want to preach on that thought this morning, that there is in this city a man of God. Now that is not to say that, Brother Sam, there's not other men of God in this city. I'm sure there are. But there is one that I'm talking about this morning, and his name is uh, Brother Ricky Grabley, or our pastor, Brother Ricky Grabley. I thank God that he allowed me to cross his path, I believe in 2001, and I love him and his family. I appreciate them. I thank God for his stand. I know sometimes this may be a little uncomfortable for him, but this is his day 25 years ago. God sent him to Bible Baptist Church. God was in that, and God is still in the fact that he is our pastor. 
pastor. Hallelujah. I'm not throwing off on any other pastor I've had. I've had God's men, but I love this man of God. And he's probably been the best pastor that I've ever had. We'll find, he said in verse 6, that this man, Samuel, was an honorable man. The Bible said, he said that all that he saith come to pass. He had a reputation of being honest. I believe we can all agree our pastor is an honorable man. The Bible said that, that he was a helping man. You know what he said? That he will show us our way. Aren't you glad, thank God, that the preacher preaches the Bible and he shows us our way. He shows us the right way. He shows us the righteous way. He shows us the rejoicing way. I was told last year that someone told them the reason I came unto this church. I like that praise preaching. I said count me guilty. I thank God for a man of God that always wants to exalt him. Always wants to lift up his name. Always leads the church in worship. I'm telling you I go to enough dead churches throughout the year. I'm glad when I come to the house of God at Bible Baptist Church the Holy Ghost will show up. He's welcomed here because of a pastor who invites him here. Amen. Amen. He shows us the rejoicing way. He shows us the redeeming way, the way of salvation. There's no telling how many of your children have been saved down through the years under the preaching of this man of God. He shows us the restful way, how to rest in him. You'll find not only a helping man, but in 1 Samuel 16, the Bible said he was a holy man. You know what they said about Samuel? Brother Sam, they said, uh, when he came to town, the elders trembled. What about that? I know we don't have anybody of that caliber today but I do believe that our man of God strives to be a holy man of God. Brother Danny he's not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We all fail from time to time because of what we are but we got a man of God that tries to walk right. He don't preach to you one thing and then live another. I'm telling you I'm so tired of that in the day we live in a man being hypocritical and men living under different way uh, than they preach. God help us uh, uh, to be holy men of God. Uh, can I say in verse 15 and 17 that he is a hearing man. He hears uh, the voice of God. I'll be honest with you brother Brian I have uh, not confidence in the flesh uh, but confidence in the spirit of God in the man of God that brother David I believe if the man of God said God told him uh, then I believe that. Amen. He said, I believe he prays enough that if he said God said to do this I'm going to do it because I believe that he listens to the voice of God. Now is there times uh, that he may miss it? I'm sure because he's not perfect. We do our best to hear the voice of God but thank God for a man of God that hears the voice of God. Thank God when he studies uh, he's listening. Uh, there's times we 
we come. Who would have thought our sister talked about last night of the Lord helped her. You know why? It's the word of God. But thank God for a preacher that will get in this prayer closet and hear the voice of God. I tell you what, you don't know how blessed. I wish I could take all of you everywhere I go. You'd come back to Bible and do cartwheels down the aisle and thank God. Amen. You know it, don't you? Brother Meyer, I'm telling you, uh, and thank God uh, for a place where uh, the man of God will preach uh, and the Holy Ghost will show up and manifest himself. I'm telling you, that's worth all the money in the world. Uh, I'm telling you that God will meet with his children. Hallelujah. Amen. He's a hearing man. He's a hospitable man. And Samuel, in verse 19 and 20, took care of Saul and his servant. Brother Gravely is a hospitable man. You know that. I know that. He lives up to that criteria. Then we find he's a heeding man. You know what? <laughs> he done what God told him to do to Saul. I believe he tries his best to be obedient to the will of God. There's not an individual in this building that you do it 100%. My dad asked a preacher, Brother Tim Fleur's daddy, Jim Fleur, way back yonder, probably in the late 70s. Brother Jim had come to town, preached for us. He said, Brother Jim, how much you think you're in the will of God every day of your life? Here's a man walk with God. He said, probably about 15%. Uh, you see, we don't always hit the mark. But we strive, and that man of God strives to be obedient unto the Lord. I believe that with all of my heart. I want to give you just three or four quick things, and we'll go eat, praise God. We find, first of all, in chapter 10, now we're switching from Samuel to Saul. But we find that in verse 6, uh, that there is a divine touch. The Bible said, uh, he said in verse 6, and the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. Do you know that is priceless today to have a man of God? Do you know how many people stand in our pulpits across the land and there's no breath of God on them? Never. I'm telling you, thank God. Can I say, preachers today, that the Spirit of God, that touch of God is a must in our life. It's a must in our life. Matter of fact, it's a must in every child of God's life. I like it, praise God, when a singer will get up to sing and the Holy Ghost gets to moving and the piano and a player begins to play. I like it when the choir sings that divine touch. There's nothing like it in the world. I'm telling you, if you offered me, I mean, $25 trillion to trade for the touch of God, I wouldn't even think about it, Fred. I'd rather have that divine touch. I'd rather thank God. I'd get up every morning, get in my prayer closet, and a holy God I'd come down and thank God brother Stephen and meet with us I'm telling you there's nothing like it and thank God for a man of God that'll study pray and seek God and have a touch hallelujah amen he had a divine touch can I say it's a must can I say it's a mystery some of you are preachers you understand you'll study man you had a great day in the prayer closet brother Grant had a great day studying. 
You think, man, it's going to be on tonight. It's going to go through the roof. And it'll be so dead and so quiet. And preacher, you'll scratch your head and say, what in the world happened? And that's just the way it is. And then there's times you just know that it's going to be so dead and it's not going to work. And God will come down and help you and preach like a wild man. That's that divine touch. Can I say it's a mystery? Can I say it's a metamorphosis? You know what he told him? He said, you're going to be changed into another man. You know what the Holy Ghost will do when he touches you while you're preaching? He changes you. Brother Danny, I know because I've got a big mouth, it's hard to believe. But I was so shy to stand up in front of people. I, I'd, always, I'd always miss the day we had to give oral reports. And, and, and I remember singing in our youth group and my knees were shaking so bad. I had a verse I had to sing by myself. And there's no way that I could do that on my own. But I'm telling you the Holy Ghost I can take a man. Not many mighty, not many noble, hallelujah. But he can change them. He'll give you boldness to preach against sin. You say that preacher always Preach against sin. The Holy Ghost will give you boldness to preach. He'll give you more of a burden. He'll give you, thank God, a broken heart. He'll give you humility. The Holy Ghost, when He comes upon you, He'll help you and change it. There's a metamorphosis with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. I learned a lesson when I was in Bible college. There was a man that had come to preach on a Wednesday night. Brother Sean, big mountain man from North Carolina. Big old tall man. I was amazed. I mean, Dr. Sidle let him in the pulpit. If I remember, he didn't even have a tie on or a jacket. He's just an old country boy. And he got up, and Brother Caleb, he began to preach. He's reading his text, and he messed it all up. He couldn't read well. Brother Chris, to myself, I said, well, Dr. Sattler missed it tonight. This old boy's going to make a mess. But something happened when he got to preaching. There's a metamorphosis that took place. And that big man with them big hands grabbed the side of that pulpit. And I'm telling you, he preached heaven down. I'm telling you, God filled that place. I was probably 800 of us there on a Wednesday night. Uh, and I'm telling you, when he gave invitation, everybody, I mean, was backed all the way from the altar to the back door of Tabernacle. That place would seat 1,500 people. I'm telling you, you know what? And the Holy Ghost told me that night, uh, yes, get your education, it's important. But the greatest thing you need uh, is that divine touch, uh, that metamorphosis uh, that changes you, that God will speak through you. I'm grateful for a man of God that's anointed when he preaches to you and I. Amen. The divine touch. Can I say there's a divine transformation? You know what he said in verse 9? He said he's going to give him another heart. You know what the God does, Brother Chris? He gives the man of God a heart for his people. You know what he said in 1 Peter Chapter 5, Peter said, number one, you're to feed the flock. Can I say that Bible Baptist Church gets grade A groceries when it comes to preaching? Amen. 
That man of God feeds us the best. Praise God. But Jeremy, if a man leaves here and he don't know anything about the Bible, it's because he's not listening. Because if he's listening, he's going to learn something from the Word of God. We get the best food. Can I say that we get a balanced meal as well? Not too raw, not too sweet, just kind of in between. Amen. Every now and then, the man of God has to drop the hammer. Every now and then, he'll take us to the top. But I'm telling you, there's a balanced meal at Bible Baptist Church. Thank God for a pastor, hallelujah, that'll preach. And thank God, let God change his heart. He feeds the people of God. Can I say number two, he leads the people of God he said in Peter that you're to take the oversight. You know what that means? That means to manage. That means to give direction. Brother Lamar, that also means to help control. It means kind of surveillance, keep an eye on things. You see, God's going to speak to him that he's not going to speak to me. You listening? He's going to speak to him that he's not going to speak to you because he's the pastor. And he's got his eye on things. And when he comes to you personally, it's because he has been watching. And if he says, hey, I believe you need to be careful in this area in your life. You know what? You need to be careful in that area in your life. That man of God is trying to manage. You know, I know I know you don't think that. Bible's got better sense than that. But there's some people that think that all of a preacher does is sit on the front porch and drink lemonade. I've got news for you. There's always something going on in the house of God. God. Amen. There's always a, a matter to be tended to. Always somebody to deal with. Always someone to correct. Always someone to encourage. Always someone to admonish. That's just part of pastoring. Amen. He said to lead, his, to manage. The method is by not obligation, but by willing, cheerfully. Then we see the motive. He said not for Filthy lucre sake. Everybody knows that Brother Gravely is not here for what he can get. But can I tell you a secret? The easiest way to get God to stop blessings on this church financially is quit being good to God's man. Whatever the church does for him today, don't blow a gasket. It's okay. We'll never make him rich, but I'll tell you what God will do. He'll give it back to the church. Uh, some people say, well, I can't believe they gave the man of God that. Well, how many years have you spent pastoring this church? Amen. 25 years is a lot of headache and a lot of heartache. Thank God a lot of mountains, yes, but there's a lot of valleys too. And thank God he's preached to your family, your children. He's preached to my family. Thank God. I'm glad, hallelujah, that I can call Bible Baptist Church my home. I'm not ashamed to be a member of this church. I thank God I'm a member of this church. Hallelujah. Thank God being good to God's man is all right. Hallelujah. Amen. Some people get a little nervous when you're good to God's man. But I'll tell you what God will do. He'll just give it back. Church I was a member of in North Carolina bought the preacher's wife a minivan for Christmas one year. $28,000. Two weeks later, somebody sent a check for 14. Don't know who it is. The Lord had him to send it. He just paid half of it in two weeks. What about that? You cannot outgive being good to God's man. 
Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. I know I sure appreciate him. I'm grateful for his prayers and his love. Thank God. He said he's to feed, he's to lead, he's to heed. That means to pay attention to, to be cautious, to be cautious. That's probably why, Brother Laddie, the Lord has never... I, I pastored a little church in Texas and I filled in with another one for about a year and a half. I don't have the patience for it. I, I just be honest with you. I would church everybody, including myself and my wife. There'd be nobody left. I'd church us all. Praise God, Brother Mark. I don't, I don't have the patience. I was one of my pastor's uh, days gone by. There's a woman, and she kind of liked to run her mouth. And she got the pastor in front of a lot of people and began to yell at him, raise her voice. I ain't going to lie to you. That fired me up. It's a good thing I wasn't married to her, praise God. But anyhow, uh, anyway, uh, so I went to the preacher the, after she left and everybody left. I said, I'll tell you what, let's charge her in the morning. You go ahead and make, I'll stand up and make the first motion. Let's throw her out of here, praise God. And he said, just calm down. It'll be okay. God will take care of it. And God did take care of it. You see, that's why I, I'm not about, I wouldn't be cautious enough. Amen. I'm telling you, uh, my, uh, my flesh, uh, as I've gotten older, I've got less patience instead of more and so I probably never will pastor as long as I live but thank God for a man of God who takes heed I was in an area a couple weeks ago <clears throat> and brother Lamar there's a pastor there that ran off a lot of good people because of his temper they actually said there's holes in the walls where he has punched them Man of God like that shouldn't even be pastoring. If he don't have control of his temper like that, he has no business pastoring. And I preached for a fellow just a few weeks ago, Brother Black, and he was a member of that church. And they, that pastor wanted to let a man who'd been married before preach in the church. And he said, I, I, I'm not for that. I have no problem, but you're the pastor. I'm not going to worry about it. Well, then he tried to make him the assistant pastor. Something happened. So he said, I, I can't follow that. He said, well, leave then. That man pushed away everybody because of his temper. You see, thank God for a man of God that has a little bit of patience. Now, I know sometimes, and Sister Lydia probably could testify, I'm sure sometimes he has short patience, but not like I do. Thank God, amen, the man of God is to be cautious. You young men, if God puts you past and remember that, you got to be careful. Sometimes you can't come in with guns ablazing and blowing everybody out. You got to pray about that thing and let God work it out. And then sometimes you do got to come in and drop the hammer, whether who likes it or not. Amen. Number three, and I'm hurrying, he had a divine testimony in verse 11. The Bible said he became a changed person. He changed partners. He started hanging around the prophet. Here is Saul now, and he's hanging around the prophets. Can I say to you young people, gather around the man of God as much as you can. There's something about that influence of being around God's man. Now, I said, he's not perfect, but he's God's man. You see, he said, I'm going to hang around uh, the people of God. I'm going to hang around the prophets. It'll do us good sometimes uh, to sit around and hang around the man of God. Amen. And then, uh, lastly, we see there's a divine treasure. I want you to go with me in verse 26 of chapter 10. Verse 26. 
And Saul also went home to Gibeah. There went with him a band of men whose hearts God had touched. A band of men. You know what that means? There's a company of men. A company of men who would climb up with the man of God that he may take him to higher planes. You know what Brother Gravely, my dad, said when he moved here? He told me one day, a tear running down his cheeks. He said, God moved me up when I got here. This was a move up. He said, this was a move up in my spiritual life. See, he climbed higher with the man of God. That's what he's saying. There's a band of men that God had touched their hearts who, he said, would climb higher, who would be committed to the cause, who would care for him. We find the Bible said they brought him presents. Don't be one of Belial's men. You know what he said in the next verse? But the children of Belial said, how shall this man save us? You know what the word Belial means there? It means worthless, wicked men, and men without profit. Don't be a person without profit to the work of God. See, we're honoring the man of God, but you know what this is all about? It's about God's man building the work of God that we're helping him do. Don't be, be a band of men, not Belial's men. Uh, the Bible said that he, uh, he had a treasure and that treasure was some men who would gather around the men of God. Not only a company of men, but then there's a crown of glory. Brother Danny, from what I can understand in the scriptures, a pastor gets the crown, not the missionary, not the evangelist, but for pastoring, there is a crown, Brother Sean. And you know who's going to give it to him? The Prince of Pastors. The Lord Jesus will give a crown to the pastor for taking care of God's flock. One preacher that I know, here's what he said. And you may not understand this. But he said, I would not pastor a church for anybody but Jesus. Are you listen to me? I know that you think, boy, it's a life worth living. And if you're a man of God and it's in the will of God, it is. But there's a lot of headache to it. There's a lot of responsibility. Do you know what Hebrews said? He's going to answer to God for you and I. But you know what? We're going to answer to God too. But Keith, how we responded and respected the man of God. I want to say this. There is in this city a man of God. Let's stand if you would please. But Gravely, if I could, can I get you and Sister Nolita come and kneel? I just want everybody that can and will, let's gather around the man of God and let's, let's pray for them today. Pray for the church today. Well, the devil would love nothing more to disrupt and destroy to hurt the word of God and the work of God. Come on, let's gather around them today. Let's pray. Let's pray for the man of God. I know you appreciate this preacher as much as I do. Let's pray that God would help him. Go ahead and play and sing when you're ready. Be all right. Father, we love you today. Father, I'm so thrilled to be a member of the Bible Baptist Church. I'm so thrilled that 
Brother Ricky Gravely and Sister Nolita is my pastor and pastor's wife. So thrilled to know their family. I'm so thrilled for every member that is here, dear Lord, today. Lord willing, we're going to preach about members tonight. Father, I'm so thrilled that you allowed us to, Lord, meet one another 22 years ago. Lord, what a good day in my life. Lord, that I got to meet Pastor Ricky Gravely. Father, Lord, I'm grateful for him today. Lord, we worship you. We worship, we don't worship him. We worship you, but we honor him today. We're grateful that he gave 25 years of his life and his wife to be here to, to pastor and to help the Bible Baptist Church. Grateful for all the sinners that have been saved and lives have been changed. And Lord, all the things that you've done. Lord, there's so many ministries out of this church. And dear Lord, that's not because of him, but because of you. But it's under his leadership. Lord, we're grateful for that. Lord, I know that he don't want to be the Lord made over, and I understand that, and I'm grateful for that. But we do honor him, dear Lord, and we're grateful that there is a man of God in this city. Grateful there is a man of God in this city. Would you watch over him, Lord, if you don't come in the next 25 years, Lord, keep him safe and keep him doctrinally straight and holy, that he might be, a Lord, an influence in the lives of people. Help us today, thanking you for all you do. Blessed in Jesus' precious name we pray.